0: we survived thanksgiving and we're back after a little mini holiday hiatus some people's rubbing their bellies some people smiling and some people not so happy but with that being said welcome to the <laughs> sports yeah welcome to the sports sports podcast this be your boy eddie cool the hoc the head of creative here and of course you know i can't do this by myself i have not only one but two of the best co-hosts in the world introducing first the
1: almighty be live <sighs> what's happening What's going on in the world today? Hey, I ain't the best at nothing right now. I mean, we are the best in the ACC, but it just—they don't even matter. We we didn't win our we didn't win our state. We just it just it's been been it's been quite a ride since 2014. Um, but it is what it is. Um, that's why you see. The HOC over there just decked out and garnered in black. And I and, uh, y'all probably already seen me with the Jordan crying um, face. And that's this is where I'm at right now. So, um, um, yeah. But it's okay. It's all right. We're ACC champions. And our future is bright. And go ahead and introduce the other guy. They you know who is we in this. He ain't. He he didn't jump off the bandwagon to go ahead and introduce him, and just uh, just we won,
0: we won the big game. And the voice you're hearing, he is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania. He is the assistant athletic director at the Trinity High School, the one, the only, the money man, Scotty.
2: It's beginning to look. Wait a minute, hold on. What
1: are you doing? Oh, Jesus Christ! It's beginning to look a lot
2: like Christmas
1: everywhere you go. Hey,
2: guys, we're closing in on it. Well, actually, I think we got what, like three shows left of yeah. the year. We only got three. So we are in the holiday spirit. We're in the holiday season. Uh, and college football gave us many gifts this past couple weeks since we last got together. NFL has given us some gifts the last this past couple weeks. Uh, and the World Cup was on. Um, Before we go any further, though, I do want to I do want to say something really serious. Um, Our good friend, Uncle Max, has been a listener of our show. Since the very beginning, since our we just kicked this thing off a couple of years ago, is having some medical issues. He's in the hospital, and he's going to have a surgery coming up that's going to be really serious. And we just wanted to tell you, we love you, man. We appreciate you. Uh, we hope that while you're sitting around the hospital bed, you can sit and listen to us and and, and enjoy a, a little bit of uh, normalcy and and. and have fun as we talk sports because we include you. You are part of what we do here and we wish you um, a successful surgery and nothing but the best in your recovery. We love you, man. We're going to be praying for you. And I just want to start the show that way. So we didn't forget to mention that as we get on our, in our college football or pro football or world cup rants as we go forward. but uncle max, all the best buddy.
1: A hall of famer. Absolutely. Um, I I had it in my notes too, because I was going to talk about them too. Um, but, yeah, our thoughts and prayers, absolutely. The original, the un- Uncle Max, with a, that's with a K, Uncle. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, man. We are definitely praying for you. Speedy recovery and back at it. Yes, sir.
0: Uncle Max, get well soon, buddy. We love you. And um, if you need anything from us here at the Sports Bros, do not hesitate to let us know. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and hop right into the top of the order. All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. This past week in the NFL gave us a lot, as Scotty D alluded to, all kind of gifts, and some people got presents, and some people wish they got a lump of coal. So with that being said, um, out of all the teams that played this weekend, uh, which team took the best win and the worst loss?
1: Be live I'll start with you. All right, you know, there is a lot there's there's a lot of ways to answer this question and you know there's a lot of focus on the eagles a lot of focus on the cowboys but man they, they they nowhere close nowhere close the biggest win of this week easily goes to the Cincinnati Bengals the Bengals over man they are a thorn in the side <laughs> they do not care about the legacy that follows one Patrick LeVon Mahomes II. They don't care. They don't care about the hype. They don't care about the half a billion dollar contract. <laughs> Joe cool, Joe Burrow is going to do Joe Burrow things, man. And they just continue like they don't care about the, the Super Bowl hangover. They don't care about none of that. They're doing they're doing what they did last season. And this win right here solidifies that they are a legitimate threat in the AFC. And on top of that, just watching Joe Burrow throw that pass to T. Higgins, all roads lead to Dabo, they ain't never going to go nowhere, said what I said. In the midst of all that pressure was outstanding. And guess what? In the midst of all this, they continue to get even better because while Joe Mixon went out with a concussion, here comes Samaje Perine. Yo, now they got a two-headed monster at the running back position on top of the weapons that have at wide receiver and tight end. We need to watch out for the Cincinnati Bengals. I have a very strong. To act. We all we were all were on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon. Might need to look at the Cincinnati Bengals. I got that from this week when it comes to the biggest win. When it that comes put to Burrow,
2: this, does that put Burrow back in the MVP races? Or he now in the kick in it? I
1: I think um mm, quite I possibly. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I will I will I'll put him back up in there. I'll put him up there, put him up there. Burrow Josh Allen, uh, he's thrown too many interceptions. I think right now it's Jalen Hurts with um um trophy to win mm, at this okay. moment of time. He's just I, I think he, he continues to get better. I think that um that um, but that Joe Burrow definitely. I'm putting him in that conversation for MVP because he's just oh, I hate to say this as a Clemson fan, but he is Joe Cool. And I, you know what I I will I will not digress. Hmm. He. Uh, 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 okay. Yes, I'm still deeply disturbed. That segment's coming up a little bit later with college football. And stay on, stay on task, be live, stay right where you're supposed to be. When it comes to the most damaging loss of this week, however, the Los Angeles Chargers—they—they—we yeah. uh, keep. Trying to get, say Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. He still has a 500 record. He's not a, he's he is not a winning quarterback. He's not a losing quarterback. He is a 500 quarterback. A good 500 quarterback at that. Well, I'll say, we keep saying he's good, but they, you have to win. Yep. You have to win, and I'm sorry there. And this one right here, you especially have to win the games you're supposed to win. And and the and the Las Vegas Raiders are that's a game you're supposed to win, and they didn't. And it doesn't get easier the next couple of weeks because they got the Miami Dolphins, which you we never know what you're going to get with them and their high powered offense. And then you got the Tennessee Titans that will run the ball down your throat. It's gonna be it's gonna to be tough. Right now, if I was looking at the, looking at their schedule, they they end the season fairly easily with the Colts, Rams, and Broncos. But they're going to sit at nine and eight again, and nine and eight did not get them in the playoffs last year, and I don't think nine and eight is going to get them into the playoffs this year, and they were just going to end up with a whole bunch of questions about Justin Herbert. We shall see. But yeah, they needed they needed this win. They needed seven and five as opposed to six and six, and it's and it's it could easily be six and eight. So uh, Chargers, Justin Herbert. You got too many weapons to not be not be good. I don't know. It it is what it is. Keenan Allen's back. Uh, I think Mike Williams is still out. But it's, mm-hmm. I mean they 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 weren't supposed to lose this game. Scotty D, what what? Go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and talk about your fifty burger. Just go ahead and get it out of the way. I know what you're going to say.
2: Nah, that that's not that wasn't the biggest win of the week. Uh, um, I mean. They didn't. It would have been maybe had the Eagles lost, and it gave the Cowboys a chance to make up some ground. But that's a game the Cowboys should have won, and it's a game they should have blown the team out, and and, and that's what happened. So it's it, it it didn't to me didn't really prove a whole lot. I mean, it was a just a, an explosive fourth quarter that where a close game escalated into a blowout. Uh, strangely enough, and it, you wouldn't have thought it at the time. I think one of the biggest wins of the week was for the Buffalo Bills when they beat New England on Thursday night. Well, first of all, we got to stop, we got to stop putting New England on primetime because Tom Brady doesn't play there anymore. And that team, I would almost rather watch a world cup game than watch the Patriots at this point in time, because that team is terrible. They are just, they're, they're just not fun to watch. There's nothing fun to watch about the Patriots anymore, but, but, but by Buffalo winning that game and the events of Sunday unfolded, Buffalo is now in the number one spot to control their own destiny, to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And if I look at Buffalo's schedule going forward, they got the jets coming up. They lost to the jets earlier. There's motivation to get back the week after that. They're playing the dolphins, lost the dolphins earlier chance for some get back when, you know, another divisional win, then they get the bears. And then on January 2nd, it is them at Cincinnati. And what could be a huge game. I mean, I, Ooh. Sign me up for that game You know And then he finished with a page. Yeah so Buffalo that By Buffalo having that number one position They now control their own destiny To have that the only bye That is presented now in, in the AFC To themselves so they control Their own destiny with that so that that was big um, You know Actually the you know the Ravens pulling out A win was kind of big but I still think they're Going to falter and, and Cincinnati's going to catch Them and win that division uh worst loss you know i was gonna say the falcons because they were still technically in in the race for the division with tampa tampa just keeps losing and 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 carolina is actually still alive in that division too i mean it's it's crazy they don't have baker mayfield to bail them out anymore but that's a whole other story who
1: was he bailing out <laughs> his his credit is terrible. Uh, no fails bond just on the sign. Shit, thank you. Thank you for the sound effect.
2: I was going for that actually.
0: <laughs> Don't need no damn baker mayfield at this point.
2: But there was a, a really terrible loss that had really no implications on anything. And that was the Chicago Bears being up on Green Bay early in the game at home. Aaron Rodgers, this is the year he's down. This is your chance to kick him. A year ago, he's telling you in your own stadium, I own you. And this time you were out on front of him. You're stomping him. You went up in the second quarter and missed the extra point, and things unraveled from there. They were about to go up seventeen to three. They missed the extra point, and they end up losing the game twenty-eight to nineteen. Chicago, there was your chance, man. This guy has owned you. This is your chance to really put the nail in the coffin of his season by by knocking him out right there in that game, and you blew it. So that was a that was a terrible loss. There were others that had like more meaning and and all that, but I just wanted to point out that Chicago. Like the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers owns you, Eddie. Cool. Wow. What you
0: got? Uh, well, with that being said, um, I have to piggyback off of Belive by saying the biggest win would have to be Cincinnati over the Chiefs. Now, fellas, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it around this time last year where the Bengals started catching fire? Are you seeing a similar theme here with this year's yep. Bengals as opposed to last year's Bengals? But but last year's Bengals, they still had a healthy Jamar Chase and a healthy Joe Mixon. This year during this little stretch, they had um, Jamar Chase, who was unhealthy, you know who wasn't healthy, who was out, and also Joe Mixon who was out as well too. In the words of, I guess, in the words of uh, Joe Burrow, "Don't matter, let's ride." I'm sorry, this is Russell Wilson, but you get what I'm saying. But it is, yeah, they. I mean, I mean, through adversity, they 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 keep going. They say Jamar, no Jamar Chase, no problem. Then you got T Higgins, and you got the other guys on the team, and then no Joe Mixon. Some IJP Ryan, no problem. They 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 find a way to win. The defense is tightening up, and I think um they could be poised to head it to the uh, AFC championship game. A bad loss, well y'all gonna it. Me- hold on, before you go, Eddie, I just wanted to point out too that you and
2: I talked about this at the beginning of the season that they really needed to protect Burrow. He was sacked once Sunday. So maybe part of that that problem that we we foresaw early in the season is starting to come together. Maybe the offensive line is starting to gel together a little bit, and you know we all said we thought that that was the biggest issue with the Bengals. So I just wanted to throw that in. Eddie, go go
0: ahead, buddy. Oh, you're right, and, and, and from the looks of it, um, uh, Joe Burrow when he's upright, he gets right. So yeah. the Bengals, you got to watch out for them. Uh, felt you're gonna laugh at this one. In the words of Scotty, when it comes to um two teams tying, it is like what. <laughs> It is like, what's got to It's like kissing your sister, right? Yeah. We got the Giants and we got the Commanders. Both teams are trending up. Both teams are playing better than what a lot of us expected. And somehow, some way, no one couldn't get the 21st <laughs> point. Yeah. I, I didn't watch the game in its entirety, but looking at it, I'm like, damn, they tied? Why did, I mean, things happen. Things happen. I mean, look, like the first week of the season, we had the Colts and the Texans tied and, we understand why the Colts and the Texans tie because look at them, all right. So we're looking at the Commanders and the Giants. I mean, we got two teams trending up, and this tie is going to be the thing that comes back to bite you in the backside, all right. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back to bite you the backside. Uh, both these teams needed to win to try to get, you know, try to gain some ground in the playoff chase and also the wild card as well too. But um, yeah, going um, twenty twenty tie, you do yourself no favors whatsoever.
1: Um, and and I'm I'm a, uh, and I'm a, um um piggyback off that as well, because the way that the standings look right now, with that tie, one of, somebody's not going to make it. Right now, is it there are eight teams in contention for seven spots. Right now, all the other teams there's there's separation. Right now, if the season ended today, the Giants would make it in. The Seahawks would make it in. The Commanders would be left out by half a game. Oof. Oof. And it's, go, it's going to come down to that. It's literally going to come down to that. They both can make it in. They one of them, But one of them, one, one, of the, one of those three teams is not going to make the playoffs. Two of them will between the Giants, Commanders, and the Seahawks. And there's a the division race and everything like that, but they're, they're going to make it in one way or the other. Giants, Commanders, they're fighting for the wild card. So y'all still have a chance for the division race, but that's gonna put the San Francisco 49ers in that mix. But essentially, but yeah, that tie is going to be detrimental in some like you you could have had that separation, but now we'll see. Cause both, hey, we'll see. We shall see. If the commanders would have won that game, they would have actually been in the upper hand. But um one thing I also want to say. Um, because you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens were um coming out with a win, but they didn't win that well. No, because no. they lost Lamar Jackson for a few weeks. Do they still have Tyler Huntley? Uh, I hope yes. they still have. He's still I hope on the they roster. still. Yeah. Okay. If so if, they, if they if they if they smart, they keep him on. You yeah. know, they, he should still be on the roster. He he gonna be a starting quarterback eventually. So that might he, they might still be fine. But with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens tied right now. The the Bengals are red hot. And so or no, yeah. my bad. Did I say red hot? I meant white hot. They the jerseys yeah. them, them, white. them white jerseys are tough. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, they, they look all right. <laughs> but man, yeah.
2: But Huntley Huntley has been respectable before, and this isn't the first time he's had to play for Lamar Jackson. But now you're asking him to pretty much win out or close to win out with the Bengals playing as well as they are. And there's what, five games or it doesn't feel like we're closer to the end of the season than five. Well, there's five weeks left. I mean, That's, that's over a month left of, of NFL football. I feel like we're because we're so close to Christmas, it's like the season should be ending in, in another week or two. But we still have plenty of time left in the season.
1: Lot Lots of work left to do. Since I've been getting cold all week anyway, when it comes to well, I really didn't get cold. That was more of a gift that we got rid of Baker Mayfield. And we were on a bye week in professional football. I did get a lump of coal when it comes to the World Cup. And at this moment of time, I would like for us to go back to this silly-ass segment that we created a couple weeks ago and allow the money man, Scotty D, to bring us what we like to call the World Cup Minute. And here he comes with them stupid glasses. Oh, boy. All right. Sky yeah, they the world they help they helped
2: me see. They help me see. So, I, I I didn't watch a lot of it, and I, from what I understand, I didn't miss a lot of the scoring either. Uh, so now that we have four years until next season for the U.S. Uh, after another heartbreak, another uh, unbelievable uh, disappointment that we fell short. I mean, I I was all set to celebrate the World Cup. Um, I I can't lie. I, there have been some things that made me not quite as excited as others so here i'm I'm just going to give you five quick things that i think would make the world cup better just five quick Uh, things five 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 things to improve the world cup number one uh no man number one no man buns number two swords you get swords that way if you're if you're dribble, you're trying to dribble the ball between a couple guys and they got swords you're not going to be as inclined to go right at the guys you're going to try to maneuver around uh number three If uh, if you if one of the best players in the world's name is Lionel, we're going to call him Lionel. We're not going to call him Leono or whatever, however you pronounce that. Um, Number four, goalies wear a color similar to what you're wearing. If the United States wears all white, the goalie is going to wear either a red or a blue outfit, not green because green doesn't fit in the United States color scheme. We're not red, white, blue and green. And finally, um, I say we go straight to shootouts. We don't need to waste our time with with 90 fake minutes and then the, the stoppage time where the referee like keeps the thing and then says, okay, the game's over, and nobody really knows what, what's going on there. Straight to shootouts, and now we've got ourselves some action and some excitement. USA in 20, what is it, 20, what's four years from now? 26. 2026, 20, that's going to be our year. We got them. USA, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. And that is a Money Man World Cup Minute.
1: Why do we allow him to do this? Why do we allow him to disrespect the sport so badly? I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. Now, here's the thing that I need y'all to prepare for because in 2026, the World Cup will be here. Oh, I'm there. (laughs) I am there. I'm not going with you. You're not- trying to keep me from that event. Trying to keep me away. You are not. You will not. I will not. I will not attend the World Cup with you at all to watch you disrespect the sport. I, will. man. Oh God. Hopefully, oh.
2: If, if we, if anybody takes my advice and we go straight to the shootouts, I'm there, buddy.
1: You better believe Be, it. Nobody's going to take your advice ever, ever. <laughs> swords, really, swords. We're fencing now.
0: Think about how how much I would change the game if if he had a sword. Oh boy, let me stop right now. Let me get this train back on the track because we're falling <laughs> off. Oh, we falling off bad. Swords and 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 shootouts and all this fun stuff. Um, I want to hear B. I want to hear B live's college talk. I'm excited about this. Let's 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 get oh this You you you, you want to hear B live's college talk? I will tell you what. Yeah. Coming up next. Here on the Sports Bros Podcast is the Be Live Top 5. I think it's a special edition of the Be Live Top 5, but either way it goes, you want to stay tuned for this. Coming right back at you right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you, them, us, them fools over there, and the whole wide world, this is the b Live
1: Top 5. Five, five, five. Oh, man, oh, man. The world of college football. The regular season has concluded. All games have finished, and we are now left with the bowl season. The college football playoff has made its choices, and they have picked the top four teams to make it into the college football playoff. You already know. Georgia. Versus Ohio State, Michigan, versus TCU. Odd Man Out, Alabama, Tennessee, Clemson, and all the others, such and such. With that being said, my B Live Top Five this week will consist of the notable college football bowl games that I'll be watching this bowl season. Starting at number five, there's going to be a slight bias. Because we all originate, two of us are born um, in the um, greater Grand Strand region of um, North Mr Beach, South Carolina. Sky D, he's from somewhere, but he lived, he lived in the area for quite some time. And therefore, we have a little bit of an affinity for the area. And so if anybody knows anything about North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, anything like that, especially during the spring and summertime. They know that this game should be a rivalry, and it isn't. But the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl this year, Tuesday, December 27, 6.45 p.m., features the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers versus the East Carolina Pirates, CCU versus ECU. Why is this not a rivalry? Why is this the very first time they will ever face each other in football? Really? Yes. This will be the very first game between Coastal Carolina and ECU. And why this hasn't happened. I'm going to be watching this game just to see. And I guarantee you we're going to be drinking afterwards (laughs) because that's what CCU and ECU do. I promise you. We drink. (laughs) Number four, number four, we're looking at the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. That is a very long name. Wednesday, December 28th at 8 p.m. The reason why I featured this game is take the over. I don't care what what it is. Take the over because it's going to be the Oregon Ducks against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Take Mm. the over. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. I guarantee you that much. I just want, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Coming in at number three, this is the Cricket Celebration Bowl, Saturday, December 17th at 12 p.m. The Jackson State Bulldogs versus the North Carolina Central Eagles. This is the HBCU Championship game. Now the question will be, Will Jackson State keep that same energy with Coach Prime going to Colorado? We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But, man, I want to see it. America wants to see it. We want to see. We want that same energy to be kept in HBCU Nation. Let's get it. Let's go. Number two, here's your surprise for you. Number two will be the Capital One Orange Bowl, Friday, December 30th at 8 p.m., Orange, orange on top of orange with some more orange. You see it in my background. Why is that number two? Be live. How sway? How? Because it features the Tennessee volunteers versus my very own beloved, all Lee to Dabo Clemson Tigers. Number two, though, is because Tennessee doesn't have hand and hook. It's just it's not going to be what we want it to be, but we will see the future of both of these programs because the backup quarterback for Tennessee will be playing against the backup quarterback for Clemson. Because unfortunately, news came today we knew it was coming, but DJ Uangalele has entered the transfer portal after being benched during the ACC championship game. Thank you for your time here with Clemson. Understand and wish you all the best. But yes, it is the time. It is. Cade next time in Clemson. Let's get it. Let's go. Number two. We wish you your
2: best in your future endeavors.
1: There, there you go with this wee stuff again. Let's do it. There you go. <laughs> number one. Number one. I want to see it. I'm going to put it out there. Which one of these two schools will be able to reign supreme as the best team that beat Clemson this year? It is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Friday, December 30th at 3.30 p.m. The Notre Dame Fighting Guys versus the South Carolina Gamecocks. That is my number one, just because I want to hate, 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 hate throughout the entire um, game, but I'm actually genuinely curious. This is going to be an ode to my best friend and my brother, the HOC, Eddie Cool. South Carolina has Kentucky, Tennessee, and Clemson this year. Can they make that next step by beating Notre Dame and be a legitimate contender the years to come? I'm genuinely curious. I'm very curious. Will the years to come have both Clemson and South Carolina be ranked in the Palmetto Bowl? I would love to see. It's a beautiful thing when both teams are good. I'm just being honest with you. It's a beautiful thing when it's back and forth. It's been somewhat boring these past seven, eight years. But it's interesting now because now finally y'all get the least talk trash back as opposed to coming up with some crazy things about Dabo and his church habits and all kinds of other stuff. Y'all want to come out with all these excuses as to why y'all keep losing to us. Beamer Ball may be here. Fellas, when it comes to that, what do you think has made the biggest impact with the college football playoff going from the still four games? What would you think? is Would it be better this year to have 12 teams now? Have the same format now? Or my personal favorite, this year is the perfect year to go back to the BCS and have one championship game because there's, all, there's two clear teams that are two best teams in the country. All the others, we talk about semantics at this point in time. You had a chance to win, you did. I'm talking TCU, I'm talking Ohio State, I'm talking Alabama. You had your chance. The two best teams is clear cut right now. But what do you say about um, that um, scenario, 12-4-2 right now, Go what you got I
2: would actually think this year would have been a good six where the top two would be would get buys where Michigan and Georgia would sit out a week and let uh, three through six play one another to to work their way into that I think that would have been that would have been good I don't know that I would and and we've kicked this around before Going up to 12, yeah. going up to 8, going up to 16 I, I think 6 or 8 would probably be sufficient and, and then this year I think that would have worked out the same way If you would have gone to 8 this year I would have been okay with that Um, I don't know if it would be as exciting As say like 8 and 4 Liberty against 8 and 5 Toledo that's a game that you know I'm looking forward to very much. <laughs> you know on on December 20th at 7:30, I'm going to be staying home for the that RoofClaim.com uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Um, the Roof Cris Steakhouse Bowl. What'd you say? The Roof RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. That's what I'm looking forward to. What? But uh, but all jokes aside, uh, <laughs> you, you know I th- this year that there are. The, the, I don't know that I feel like Michigan is that dominant though. Because I don't think the Big Ten's that good, and I think they had a great fourth quarter against Ohio State. And it would have been cool had Ohio State moved up, even though I don't think they necessarily deserved to, had they moved up into that three spot, and we would have had a rematch, because I don't think that's ever happened before. I think that would have been cool to see that game again on a neutral site. And it could still happen. It could still happen. If if Ohio Ohio State pulls the upset of Georgia, which is a tall task, and Michigan handles the business against TCU. That that could very well happen. Um un- unlikely, but stranger things have
1: happened. It ha- it happened last year where you had a rematch of the SEC championship, which I mean the Michigan Ohio State game was. I'm talking about them
2: specifically, though. Those two but that, but, specifically but that, have well not played what, each other more than once
1: in a season. Right. But then and that's what I was saying. I was leading um alluding to that. The Michigan Ohio State game this year was the big um, big 10 championship. Sorry, Purdue, but the, the, right. Yeah. The, that that it, was
2: to me. That was the biggest game. I think of the past two weeks when we were talking about, we, we were going to actually kind of have that question. What was the biggest game to me that Michigan's win over Ohio state on the road to me was the biggest win of the season. I think oh, yeah. when we having something on the line, because there, there was nothing more at stake on the line for those two teams potentially the loser of that game was going to be out of the playoffs. Now, it didn't work out that way. Ohio State got back in. But that was a huge, huge win for Michigan. That solidified that they were definitely going to be in the playoffs. Even had they lost to Purdue, they wouldn't yeah. have slipped out of that top four. So that was important. And Southern Cal not handling their business against Utah for
1: Again. the second time Ooh. this year. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a bad
2: one. Now, their quarterback. I got injured in that game, and that may have had a lot to do with with the outcome. But that team couldn't tackle. I don't know how that team only lost twice this year. I've never seen a team not be able to tackle. So having said that, Southern Cal being on the out is probably warranted because if they couldn't tackle uh, Utah players, how are they going to tackle Georgia players or Michigan players? That would have been a, a, a tough task. A successful season for USC, I would say, first under Lincoln Riley, and I, I would expect big things from that that program going forward. I would think they're going to be one of the mainstays around the the Pac twelve. Although some new competition on the horizon for them, uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, I, I still think it's going to come down to Michigan and Georgia. It seems like all signs pointing that
1: way. Um. So Eddie, cool. What what say you about the top four? And what what do you say? Two, four, eight, twelve, Alabama being left out. Do you think they deserve to be in? What do you think?
0: Not in the top four, definitely not. I mean, you lost two games. So no, you don't get no, I don't I, 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 even though my team is from the SEC, no. You if you if you lose one, okay. Two, you got no business in there. Because as you alluded to B Live earlier, you should have taken care of business during the regular season. Um, I'll say this. I remember seeing like the last like 10 minutes of the Utah and um, Southern Cal game. And I was like, if we expand this thing, to, hmm, if we expand this thing to eight teams, what kind of damage could Utah really do? Like, like, like you said, this is the second year in a row that Utah has given Southern Cal all that they can handle. All I saw was, for like five minutes at one point, was 81 and 91 in the backfield. 81, 91 from Utah in the backfield of Southern Cal. And that last dagger, when they scored that last touchdown, like you said, they can't tackle this.
1: Southern Cal cannot tackle for nothing.
0: I'm
2: I'm, I'm I'm like. They had one good one, and it was the most incredible tackle I think I've ever seen, where the (laughs) linebacker blew up the quarterback when he rolled out. Now, what's that mullet quarterback's name? He actually <laughs> play, played very well. He's 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 kind of a gritty big time quarterback. Uh, uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but he's, yeah, Southern Cal was that was as bad a performance you'll ever see a Division One team. Actually, it was like maybe it was it was they it was like one of the all time worst tackling performances <laughs> put out in a, by a Division One team.
0: Uh, his name is uh, Cameron Rising. Yes, yeah. Cameron, oh,
2: yeah,
0: Got you. You know, I Cam- like that kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or, or you know, I give him a corny nickname, Cameron Terrorizing,
1: if you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep, yep.
0: But, but, um, yeah, I was, I'm overthinking, like, I'm like, damn, boy, if Utah could get in there, what damage could they really do? Because, I mean, Utah is under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, they're, on, they're on late at night. Yeah, they're on mm-hmm.
1: late at night, and we over here, we <laughs> not, we're not really checking on them like that. But then, like, yeah. They they always they always lose that one game that they should win every yeah. time like they they should like the Oregon I can understand but I forgot who they was it I think it was was it UCLA that they um that they lost to I think so and and, and those games count here's the thing and that's what that's why like again we could we've argued it enough those games count you win those games you make it in. Utah would be up there. Would they be in the conversation? But they, and but um, yes, an eight game, eight team, twelve team playoff would be. It would be intriguing. But it's clear this year who the top two teams are. And now you're now the conference championship games already didn't matter that much. No. Now you add more teams in. They really ain't gonna matter. Because TCU lost their conference championship, but yet they're still in because everybody else lost. So it's just like... It did matter to Southern Cal. It it, it mattered it matter to Southern Cal because, once again, they were in that position where they already lost the game. You can't lose twice right. to the same team and then make it into the playoffs above that team. Like,
2: we, yeah, we, but we, the, the conference championship still means something, though, because TCU if they go on and lose their next game which there's a good chance that they do they will have ended the season having won nothing they lost their ch- they they lost their chance even though i think they got seriously hosed in their in their championship game against kansas state they they're, they're going to have the season say it was a really really good season we made the playoffs but they didn't they didn't win a conference championship and they won't have gotten even to the national championship game if they lose their next one so i think they will definitely playing motivated to win that game this past Saturday. It just they just ran into a, a Kansas State team that was playing very well.
0: Ran Southern into Cal- a
1: buzzsaw. Southern Cal would be the first person to have this argument is that they got punished by going to um, by making it to a um, yes. um, conference championship. They got punished. Like it happened a lot. It
2: seems like it's it, happened many times.
1: Like it, because now, like if they didn't play in that game, they went 11 and one with their one loss being somebody whatever they would have been in, they'd have been in the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of hypotheticals, but Ohio State didn't even make it to their um, conference championship. It got in. Alabama, almost, but they, again, two losses. I don't care how you lost, you lost, yeah. and losses matter. Alabama, I really wanted Alabama in the Orange Bowl, really did. Really, really badly wanted them in the Orange Bowl, but it's okay. It's okay. It's gonna. Be, I believe it's still going to be a good game. Tennessee. Um, It's going to be, I think it's Alabama, um, Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Um, You've got um, in the Rose Bowl, you've got Utah versus Penn State. It's going to be a decent game. And then you've got in the um, Cotton Bowl, you have Southern Cal versus Tulane, the Green Wave. Tulane gets the New Year's um, Bowl for being the top ranked group of five teams. So, Fellas, after all that's being said and done, we've talked a great deal about what's going on in the Pac-12. It keeps, the ball just keeps on rolling in the Pac-12 because guess who's coming to town? Prime time, party. baby. It's pride time, baby. Let's Give my theme music. the elephant in the room. Deion Sanders leaves Jackson State, accepts the position at the University of Colorado. What are your thoughts? Eddie Cool. I know you're biting. You, I know you're, you're I'm, ready.
0: I'm, chom- I'm chomping at the bit because I've heard everybody say everything. And on my platform, I'm going to address it. Someone told me earlier, hey, be careful how you address this. I'm going to just keep it 100% real, honest, and stinking funky with you. All right? Deion Sanders went there with a purpose to bring – national attention to hbcus um across the country and predominantly in the south because that's where a lot of them are check he did that and then he won not one but two southwestern athletic conferences or SWAC championships check check that first year was kind of a rough year but those last two years it was doing good the power of Deion Sanders, for him, for him to have Travis Hunter to flip from Florida State, Deion's alma mater, to Jackson State University, check. The balance will swing in the balance of power. Now, not all, you know, top prospects are going to do that, but that's a pretty big damn deal. And then Deion Sanders also said in the 60 Minutes interview, I forgot the reporter's name, when he asked him, you know, if – someone were to come to you about an offer, would you entertain it? And Deion Sanders said, and I quote, I would be a fool not to. So right there, America and everybody else, you saw like, you know what? Can't be mad at them. Because if you know, like I know, the HBCUs, they're not handing out big old paychecks. They're not handing out big old paychecks. And a lot of times their athletic facilities are not up to par with the other, you know, predominantly, uni- you know, the big-time universities. For example, I'm, I don't know if you remember, but there's a story about Grambling and how tough that looked there. But um, for anybody saying, like, Dion sold out, let me ask you all a question. Oh, and by the way, uh, whatever he made at Jackson State, he gave it back to him. So, hmm, let me ask you all, Oh, uh, you know, be live, Scotty D, I know you guys' answers but I even, you know, me asking you these questions. But to anybody out there, Say, for instance, if you have a chance, you, you work hard, and you really prove yourself in your craft, and you have a chance to advance to better yourself, not to mention you leave the university a whole hell of a lot better than the way you found it, and then an opportunity arises because of your track record at said university where you can make more money and make a bigger impact, you're not going to take it? Because I know a lot of people out there right now that will leave their job for a 50-cent raise. So for all you critics out there trying to get on Deion Sanders, I'm going to need you to cut it out. Look at yourself in the mirror. Because if you're in that situation where you can get a bigger pay raise and make, what, he making like $5 million per year just to coach and make it happen? He's got a proven track record, even though the competition is different. Like I said, the man earned his job. If you had a chance to go somewhere and do better, I'm pretty sure you would. And that's all I got to say about that. Scotty Deep, what say you? My opinion on Deion leaving and going to Colorado. Um,
2: I, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for them. I'm disappointed that he didn't stay longer, and that's a selfish thing. Now, keep in mind, I'm disappointed, but I'm not disappointed in him, because what he did was bring unprecedented attention and success to this program and to the entire conference that i've heard shannon sharp say um a lot of people were angry he said it seems like our people speaking of black people seem to be the ones that are the most angry at us when one of us has a chance to do something better to move on and i can't really speak to that because i'm i'm a white guy so I, i can't i can't I, I can't really channel how I should feel as far as that goes with race. I, I I don't, but I think that he needs to be given a break on that because of what he has already done. And like you say, he, this guy actually was mowing the grass at the stadium. He was using his connections with Walmart and American airlines to get these kids better outfits to travel in so that they were, when they were going to games, they were dressed up. They weren't just wearing whatever they looked like a a team they were and for some of these kids who were going to graduate and not go on and actually he had a high graduation rate too he may you know help these make sure these kids were academically successful these kids are going to have an incredible memory of what a great time this was in their collegiate life to have been part of deion sanders legacy just for that short period of time so i i hope that he sets the path and the success continues and the attention continues And that the HBCU programs all benefit long term and not just because he was there for this short time. I hope that that continues. Whether it it will or not remains to be seen because he was the attraction. They were on TV because he was on the sideline, not because he brought the attention. It was because he was the star. And now that star is moving on and I can't condemn him for that. I I was the reason I said I was disappointed is because I didn't expect this to happen so soon. I thought he might be there for the long haul, maybe not like Eddie Robinson who spent his entire career with grambling. He was there for like a hundred years and very successful coach who just never went anywhere and probably could have probably had some opportunities in the early days, probably not as much because he was a black head coach and those doors weren't open like they are today. Um, I was hoping that Dion was going to stick around long enough to be able to play some like division one powerhouses and really build this program up to be like a superpower in the HBCU community. You know, I, I wanted to see him take on some of the giants and, uh, and continue to get some of these big time players. Now he'll have a chance to do that in Colorado and Colorado, by the way, when you think of Colorado football, what do you think of Nothing what legacy do they really have? They had a coach championship maybe in 93 or something. And, and Rashawn Sloan went in the Heisman. This, this program already has, they are fired up. He brings so much credibility. And he said, the reason he went there is because he felt God led him there. Now, how can I argue with that? How can any of us argue with that? He said something really interesting. He said, I was a great player, a a great professional player. And when you think of great professional players, you usually associate them with one team. He said, but I played for five NFL teams and four baseball teams. Why was that? Because I felt like God led me there. God took me to those places. So he's at peace with that. He's at peace with being a Colorado. He's not at Florida State or Auburn, which was mentioned or anything. He's at Colorado, and he's thrilled to be there, and he's fired up to be there, and the athletic director's fired up to be there, and I'm fired up to watch a Colorado game next year. They play Nebraska opening day, and I tell you, this team's going to win more than one game next year it used to take a lot longer to build up a program with recruits, <laughs> but now you got transfer portals and all that stuff. This team is these kids are going to want to go play for him and they are going to win more than a game. They're going to be bowl eligible
1: next year with Deon did Sanders you, there. Did mm-hmm. you just tell me what I did I just hear what I thought. I just heard Do do I have a coach prime versus coach Matt Rule game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yes. <laughs>
0: oh. And,
2: and you know what? That game, is, that game is going to be televised and it is going to be hype. Go. It's going to be in prime time. People are going to watch that. This Dion's a winner, man. I mean, I don't know about his X's and O's, but I know I trust him to put a good staff around him, to recruit the right people and to, and to, and to be a winner because he's a special individual and kids of today still relate to him. These young kids want to go play for him because he's cool. Because if you can watch him dance on the sidelines on YouTube and doing all of his deal and stuff, man, there is magic there. And Colorado's gonna be more relevant than it's probably ever been in its history.
0: Get him
1: out out the game, go. Yeah, here's 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 um, I want to um, I want to mention this because I've been very conflicted when this first came out. I've I've gone through a lot of range of emotions. I, I, for one, I did not attend HBCU, I thought about it. I've had um, offers here that would, um, at the time, it's a whole um, lifetime ago. There's a lot of prestige and value in uh, historically black colleges and universities that a lot of people don't see. Here is well, here's my conflict. Do I fault the man for going um, for a better position? No. Do I understand that we need more people like him in those um, what they call PWIs, um, uh, predominantly white institutions? That's what it's called. And I don't really. I, at the end of the day, I really don't want to make this about race, but we want like me, not making it about race. We want to even the playing field, so to speak. Like I want those positions to be available to more qualified individuals. So. I am. I applaud him for taking that position, and I want to see that more. I want to see it more on both sides. I want to see. I want to see more. Um, I want to see more equality across the board in these higher positions. I also, and this is the this is the point that I want to drive home, that I'm a little disab- I'm also. I'm a little disappointed as well. I would have liked to have heard a succession plan. Who he's leaving the program and the team to. And I haven't
2: heard that. Well, like, he did mention he mentioned at the press conference, I believe that he did he did have somebody that uh, was on the staff that he is recommended going forward. Someone that probably he has shared time and vision with. And I don't think he named the individual, but there is somebody I think on staff already. I don't know that that it's definite that that's going to be that person, or if they'll look outside. I mean, th- if there's another big time. African-American athlete out there who wants to do the same thing Dion did, you know, that it, might it, be the way to go. That's, I, I don't yep. know that that's, that that's been laid out yet. But Dion, a, yep. Dion's idea was he of somebody in-house, I believe. And see, that that's the point I
1: wanted to, to allude to, was that I didn't hear that. Like, you said there was somebody he had but I would have much, I'd have been, been in a much better position in place if I'd have been like, hey, Jackson State is still in good hands. Like, great coaches leave that type of legacy. Like, well, one maybe of maybe
2: were... we are going to hear that, though, B, because he, he's going to coach don't, don't... the last game, right? So you would you would assume, he, he said at the Colorado press conference, he's going to uh, take care of business with Jackson State first. So I would assume that after the Jackson State game, there would probably be a press conference there as well. But at the Colorado press conference, maybe he just didn't feel like that was the time or place. To be announcing the what they have going forward at Jackson State, so okay. you, we still may oh, hear that. Okay. You know, I, I and I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing, but it, 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 to me, I don't think it would have been appropriate for him to be laying out details of Jackson State's program at a Colorado but, press.
1: But that's, the thing: but you see where, like, it if somebody that really cares like about Jackson State about these other programs, wouldn't you want to have that peace of mind sure. knowing that? Hey, oh yeah, and that, that's that's where that's where it's left me at is that I I hope and I very much hope that you're you're um, hitting the nail on the head because what I want to see in the very near future, I want all of these news media outlets, including our very own, to keep that same energy about HBCUs. HBCUs are still there. These are very storied football programs that um, athletes have come out and been very successful in the NFL, I want them to keep that same energy. Be that beacon of hope for a lot of these athletes that didn't even think even remotely that, hey, this could be a good fit for me. They've, They've been put on the afterthought, the afterburner. And what also is happening right now is that a lot of those players that Coach Prime recruited to Jackson State to make them as great as they are, they're following him to Colorado. So where does that leave the state of Jackson State, their football program? That's the kind of stuff that there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered. There's a lot of kids right now that don't know exactly what they want to do. Do they want to follow Coach Prime and go to Colorado? Or do they want to, like, they, at, there was a moment of the time they were like, man, I want to go to Jackson State. I want to be a part of that. And now they're just like, do I follow the HBCU path or do I follow the Colorado path? And be a part of the limelight, and that's where it sort of lost that, and so yeah. that's where I'm. That that's the one thing. I'm not mad at all about what's happened. I want Coach Prime to continue to elevate because that that is the what uh, that's the ultimate goal that anybody wants. But he does have just a little bit more responsibility to the legacy he leaves behind, and so that's the one thing I just haven't heard. I want that energy to be kept. I want somebody to be there that's going to keep that same energy. I want somebody, I want their social media department to be the same as it was, as opposed to just being Coach Prime. I want it to be Jackson State, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Everything. Facebook, YouTube, all of that. I want that because that's what reaches to the youth of America these days. I want that at Grambling State. I want that at Florida a and I want that at... Um, South Carolina State University. I want that at Howard. I want that at Spelman, Morehouse. I want that. I want that same energy. I want more former players of the NFL to join these coaching staffs. And that's where it actually starts. If we want to see more people of color in those top-level positions in the NFL, they have to start somewhere. Why, why, hey, start with the HBCUs. Deion should not be the only one, and I hope to see that. And I challenge challenge these former NFL players that have aspirations of being a coach. Let it start there. Build a program just like he did at um, Jackson State. Keep that same energy. That's what I hope for. And at the end of the day, I wish Coach Prime, I wish the players the best. I want these coaching staffs to continue to rise and bring up each one of these programs keep that same energy. I want to see ESPN Game Day at another game for um for HBCU. Yeah. I want that same energy. That's that's where I'm at right now. I'm just hoping that it does not die off.
2: I think we came down pretty much on the same square on that one. I mean, yeah. you 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 got you sound similar like me where I'm disappointed that it ha- that he went, but not disappointed in him for doing it. You can't, I mean, you can't blame him. He wants to do different things in his life. And, and that's his life. And the fact that he stopped there and made things better for them. Oh yeah.
1: I cannot, I cannot fault him. And I'm not, can't and, the thing that is, that. Yeah. and I'm definitely not going to hate on the man whatsoever. So all that hating out there, you stop that. Immediately. Yeah. I just I just, just would
2: like to have seen maybe like three more years of him in that position where just as you know, a month ago, he got that 60 minutes interview and brought all that light just to even grow that even a little bit more and a little bit more. But and and maybe while he was there, another former NFL player goes to a becomes a rival and they, they you know, something to that effect. Yeah, I would like to see a little bit more of that, but hey, whatever. He it's his it's his life. He said God led him there. Congratulations to him and congratulations to Jackson State on what they've accomplished while he was there.
0: Yep, because I would have loved to seen um the rivalry between him and Eddie George, because Eddie yep. George is a uh, head coach at Tennessee State University. Yep. So the, the trend is definitely starting. So it's just okay, um there you go. it's 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 just up to others that want to do that as well too. Hey, because it's the classic case of hey, before you can get to here, you got to start here first. Right. You know, yeah. You 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 have to start here first. Nothing is given. You got to earn everything. So, um, and Scotty, I I you know listening to you know your comments, your sentiments, like I see where you come from, Scotty. You want to see like Dion build the Jackson State long term legacy, a la Bobby Bowden, a la um Eddie yeah. um Eddie Robinson, Eddie Robinson. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to to that magnitude, I see. I see. I see where both you guys are coming from. Uh, great points, fellows. Great segments, and that's it. For the Live Top 5, but looking at my cell phone because my watch died about two months ago, guess what time it is. <laughs> what time is it? What's happening? What's going on? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It's time for our favorite portion of the show. You guessed it. The Choices of the Voices. With that being said, hey, old button, hit it. Choices of the Voices for the month of December, the first one of this month, coming up next right here on the Sports Bros Podcast
1: and now our favorite part of the show the choices of the voices
0: once again thank you to the wonderful and ever ah! so, so lovely miss button for introducing <laughs> our favorite portion of the show you guessed it it is the choices of the voices we ask y'all questions y'all give us answers we talk about them we're probably going to pick at you. Might throw you in the penalty box, depending on how redundant the answer is. And we give our little two cents on this segment as well, too. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for this week's Choices of the Voices?
2: All right, we were talking uh, rivalry games, and we asked you to share with us one of the more memorable rivalry games that you can ever remember. One of your favorite rivalry games of all time
0: in any rivalry game.
2: Not specific to any two teams.
0: Eddie Cole, not a lot of responses, but a couple good ones. Yup, we got a few. A, a few is better than none at all. So let's go ahead and get right into it. We got the Hall of Famer himself, Uncle Max. He said, Bama beats Auburn 28-17 in 1981 to earn Bear Bryant his 315th victory surpassing Amos Alonzo Stagg as the winningest football coach in Division I college football. Okay. Yep. So, I, think uh,
2: that's, I think that's one of the top rivalries in all sports. Alabama-Auburn. I love that one.
1: The, the, Iron, the Iron Bowl has been very. Let's just put it this way: <laughs> there's a lot of memories, a lot of um, heartbreak, a lot of um, um, consequences and repercussions after said game, and has yeah. determined gone a long way in determining who has the top prize in all the, of college football that
2: that year that. Uh... Remember the year Alabama tried to kick the game-winning field goal and it got returned for a touchdown by Auburn? Was, was that, was that Cam Newton that year? Game. Auburn's mm-hmm. going to win a football game. Auburn's going to win football game. Was Cam Newton on the team that year?
0: No, he was gone. It was 2014-15. or Okay. Yeah.
2: I couldn't remember what the timeline was. When I think Cam was there in what, 2012, I think, was his last, Heisman year, somewhere in that area. 11-12.
0: All, yeah. all, all, I remember was seeing my guy running back from the end zone to the other. Auburn is going to win the football game. It was crazy. Now, I remember overtime
1: going crazy that day.
0: I was there. I think so I was Cam, there.
1: Cam Newton was um 2012. The kick six was 2013. Oh, so okay. It was, it was the it was the following year. Okay. okay. Um.
0: Yep. And what the guy screened to the top of the lungs: Auburn's going to win the football game, and they did. And they did. All right, Brian Early said definitely when Pitt knocked off West Virginia out of the playoffs, even when even when we weren't ranked, they took over the city for that game. It was like a hillbilly holdout with all the key, <laughs> with all the key rambling, stupid things they do. <laughs> a whole lot of butthurt afterwards, and I was so happy, laughing out loud. So the backyard was it called? Scott? got the backyard brawl. That's the backyard brawl. So
2: just a. To get a little more detail on that. West Virginia was number two in the country that year and that was the 2007 season and that was the year that a lot of number twos lost all throughout the year. And West Virginia had one loose end to tie up and that was to beat Pitt who was five and seven at home. This game took place in West Virginia and they were going to be off to the national championship and that was a year that LSU defeated Ohio State for the national championship. So all West Virginia had to do was take care of Dave wants that and the lowly Panthers at home and shady McCoy ran all over him that night. And Pitt was actually, I think winning 13 to seven and gave up that late safety ran out of the back of the end zone to, to get a better kickoff. And that was it that ruined the season for West Virginia and rich Rodriguez. And that was a game that is historic in this area of the country up here in Western Pennsylvania, because that was a heartbreak for the Mountaineers took away their national title hopes and, and, Pitt fans at that point had not much to root for, but that was a a,
0: a great spoiler memory for them. Good old Rich Rod. Y'all remember old Rich Rod? Oh, Rich Rod. Yeah. Good old Rich Rod. Was, uh, he, he chased a bag, coached a little bit, get fired, chase another bag, washed. Is, is, <laughs> is he even coaching anymore, Rich Rodriguez?
2: I actually don't know. Last he was in Arizona, I think, but I think he lost that job too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Jesus Christ, you, you can't hold a damn job for nothing. <laughs> I tell you what, he must—he must be a hell of an interview. Got to be. You got yeah. to be. A hell, you got to be a hell of an interview to get that job and just be like <laughs> and just running down your leg. All right, moving right along, we got Mike Rossetti. He says Pittsburgh Penn State before Joe Pah canceled the rivalry. Yeah, I can't speak on the
2: details. Of that. I don't really know exactly why the Pitt Penn State rivalry went went under. Uh, I've heard different things about it, but to me, when I was growing up, that was the rivalry. It wasn't the backyard brawl, really. It was Pitt-Penn State. And I can remember actually them playing in the last game of the season, and Pitt was number one in the country and jumped out 14 nothing, and then got crushed by a lesser Penn State team. I think it, I think Pitt ended up playing uh, Georgia in the Sugar Bowl that year. Herschel Walker was still in town with Georgia at that point. But that was a spoiler game where, uh, in the rivalry scenario between Pitt and Penn State.
0: Oh wow! I was I was thinking I was like, "Well, how come they don't play each other that often?" I have to, Joe Bertano canceled. Nah, come on, man, you got. <laughs> yeah, they they, re-
2: they revisited it there a couple of years ago. They did play. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before they they still played. They they had uh, gone away from it and then went back to it. Now it's back playing West Virginia again. But
1: anyway, they play, they play, um they played up until two thousand, and then they played two thousand sixteen through two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Uh, and Penn State's won the last three. But
2: yeah, um, I think it might be in the works again in the later 2020s. I think it, it, I think I heard that they may be like revisiting that, like in 2026, 2028. I, I don't know that that's been de- definite, but I heard that there was talks of that. But
0: anyway, what else we got here? Eddie cool. Bring it back and make it happen, dog Go on it. All right, we got Mike Davis who said too easy the Darrell Revis pump return touchdown against West Virginia. So uh, we got a lot a of love
1: back, back, work, back,
0: um, or the backyard brawl again. No, no yeah, we got yeah. what? That's three for the backyard brawl. Well, two for the <laughs> yeah, backyard yeah. brawl. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. So the uh, backyard brawl, the Pit people came out for this, for this question yeah, in full force. And so with that I being said,
1: s- I, <laughs> I did I did a little quick googling of that. Um, Darrell Reeves um, returning um returned um the um punt. Um take a while, guess who was the punter? Pat McAfee. Yep.
0: <laughs> ah, no. <kidding.
1: laughs> yep. That's I was crazy. like, wow, okay, yep. West Virginia punter Pat McAfee. Our favorite punter. and he's my favorite punter. I don't remember. I I missed him on WWE. How many more college game days does he have left? Come back
0: to WWE, please. He'll be back soon. He'll be back
1: soon. <laughs> All right.
0: he, he ain't got too many more left. But, uh, yeah, Pat Pat McAfee has definitely missed on uh, <laughs> Friday Night SmackDown. Definitely, definitely <laughs> oh, missed. Oh, my God. All right, with that is, being – oh, it, it, be right? it,
1: doesn't, it doesn't sound as – It's Friday Night. <laughs> it's like
0: there yeah. energy energy smack do. <laughs> yep shout out to uncle max brian early mike rossetti and mike davis for their participation in this week's choices of the voices sky to D, most memorable rivalry <laughs> game here we go well uh you know that
2: one that we've already i've kind of thrown a few out already on mine on my end and, and that 13 to 9 game is probably one of mine as well um but i wanted to just actually throw you out a a memorable moment and that was from one of my favorite moments from rivalries was the Desmond Howard 93 yard punt return against Ohio State and i think it was uh, was a 91 and he did the Heisman pose i've seen that imitated a few times since but that was like the first time i'd ever seen anybody do that on the field and then the guy went and won the Heisman that was super cool and that, and you know i kind of always pulled for michigan in that game and that, that was i i found that to be just a very cool moment
1: be live. All right. To all of our Ohio listeners, um, sorry, about that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: about that. Sorry,
1: man. sorry, not sorry, because you know how I feel. D. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, my goodness, um, one of these days we'll face Ohio State again, talk some more trash. This one is pretty simple to me. This is go- always going to be simple. And it just reflects on what happened this year because my favorite memory started this streak and this year ended it. Oh god. It's, it's, the streak is over. But at least I can go back to I can go back to Clemson for home games now cuz this that's over. Ain't that a, uh, All right. <laughs> November 29th, 2014. The Paul Bowl, Clemson versus South Carolina. South Carolina was coming in with a five-year win streak. Y'all have seen the picture. That was back in, in 2013. Yeah, all right. There was one person in particular that said there was not going to be a sixth. And it was come hell or high water. And it did not matter if he had a partially torn ACL. Y'all may not think of him the same way, but he's always going to have a part right there in the heart and screw you, Houston, Texas, for booing him and all that extra stuff. But I'm talking about one, Deshaun Watson. Played with a partially torn ACL. He said, I don't even care about all that. A lot of players, oh, man, I got to think about my future. Got to think about the NFL. He said, no, ain't nothing bigger than the Palmetto Bowl. There's nothing bigger than the of south Carolina rivalry. And he played with a partially torn ACL and led Clemson to victory, thirty-five to seventeen. That was the beginning of seven straight victories that just ended this year. DJ, yeah, oh man, it hurts so much. God, they won by one point. Why couldn't we put Kane in the game? My bad. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Right. I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> Where's K Clubney? What are we I want, doing? I wanted I wanted something like y'all did. To, what year was that when y'all brought in? Um, what the what? We y'all Dylan, brought in your Dylan Thompson. Yeah, they brought in your backup. He played one snap all year and just come out. Um, and, and lost his and lost his mind. I was like, "Who in the hell is him?" Your quarterback's healthy, and y'all went with your backup, and it wasn't even something like like we did, where we benched them, um, benched DJ the, the third drive of the ACC championship. No, so y'all just said, no. <laughs> "Oh, so y'all been watching film? <laughs> watch this! Ain't this <clears throat> watch. watch this! Uh-huh. <sighs> that's something. That's something I'll never forget on the losing end, Dylan. T- uh, Who?" Boy, but Deshaun Watson had the better of Dylan Thompson down in 2014. as yeah. where it be. and the, and the legacy began. And since then, two national championships, six ACC, seven I think seven ACC champion. Yeah, we we've come a long way. Congratulations, Game chickens You finally beat us. Eddie, cool. What's your favorite rivalry moment? And it better not be this year. It, <laughs> it better, is now, that's this- not, no <laughs> it's not it's not it, it, it bet not it's not better Not it bet not
0: <laughs> omaha omaha kill 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 no um uh, uh, i had to do a little bit of research i mean be live i think you were there um our brother smoothie star walker jr was there i think we had the whole click clan and posse there we was at buffalo wild wings and um, back in 2004, November 20th, 2004, Whew. yes, we were we were there. We were there, right? I remember. It was a Clemson and South Carolina football brawl in the middle of the doggone field. That's where um, former quarterback for the Gamecocks, Savell Newton. Yep. It was a dirty cheap shot, and all hell broke loose after that. All right, so here it is. Prior to the contest, some South Carolina players. Congregated at the corner of the end zone, um, near the bottom of the hill at Memorial Stadium, as Clemson made his traditional entrance to the field. You know, pushing and shoving, you know, body checking, bumping and cussing, and you know, bust somebody' here? all that. <laughs> so, um, and um, you know, it but it up clearly, but you know, throughout the game, there's a whole lot going on. But towards the end of the game, so uh, Savell Newton, uh, he was not to the ground. Um, after a shot to the helmet followed an incomplete pass on 4th and 11 with 5.48 left in the game in the fourth quarter. At this time, both teams were bowl eligible. Um, I guess Clemson players, you know, went to lay on top of him to keep him from getting up and then that bench is clear, people throwing helmets, South Carolina State Troopers out there with, it just, it, it turned into a 3-6 Mafia concert. It turned into a damn Little John concert. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I think some helmet swinging was going on. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then it says the iconic image uh of the brawl of Clemson's Yusef Kelly kicking a helmetless South Carolina player in the head. <laughs> it was it, it was just it was ugly. It, it was, was u- <laughs> It was ugly and the funny thing about it was the night before, guess what happened? In the NBA, huh. they had the malice, oh, at, malice. The yep. at the Palace the night before wow yeah yeah Clemson and Carolina literally beating the hell out of each other and they said you know what um you think you're going to a bowl game you're not going bowl you know you know no one no one went to a bowl game and it was bad
1: and I think, uh, it was, I think that was self imposed by both universities. Yeah
0: yeah yeah by, by both teams and it was just like there's something I've never seen before. I'm sitting with my beer in my hand like oh they fighting fighting <laughs> Oh, this is this is really this is this is really happening. Why, Seville Get up, Seville I'm drunk. Get
1: up, Saville! Yeah, <laughs> I'm just
0: I'm just a living yeah. mess. And I mean, Clemson they they beat the brakes off as It was 29 to seven. They they beat us soundly. And um at the at the time the coaches were Lou Holtz and Tommy Bowden. <laughs> and um I'm reading something here. It says the fight overshadowed the last game in which Lou Holtz participated as South Carolina head coach. Um, as he retired at the end of the season. Holtz quoted that he is going to be remembered along with Woody Hayes for having to fight at the Clemson game, which is a callback to the, <laughs> the 1978 Gator Bowl. Um, yeah, and then and then Steve Sprayer took over. Clemson won the game 29-7. to 7. But the following year, the kids made up, and you know, here we are now. Yep.
1: I've I've forgotten all about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it was. U-G-L-Y-U-A-K. Yeah. No alibi. That was ugly. Man, it was, it was super ugly. Scotty D, you
0: got yours in too, right? Oh, well, yeah, we're ready to roll, buddy. We're good. Okay, we're ready to roll. All right. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for next week's choices of the voices?
2: All right, we're gonna just uh turn our attention to the Heisman and just ask you tell us who is your all-time favorite Heisman trophy winner. I'll leave this kind of broad and let you let you decide how you want to do it because For a guy like me, a perfect Heisman winner would be a guy who would win the Heisman at Pitt and then win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. Hmm. That actually happened. Tony Dorsett. But I'm not going to choose him because I actually didn't. I was too young to watch Tony Dorsett play at Pitt. So I'm going to I'm going to limit myself to someone that I watched play as far as favorite. But, you know, like like Max, you know, Jay Burwanger, he won the first Hoover Heisman in 1935 and Uncle Max's freshman year at college. So we could, you know, so, something like that. You, you know, you can pick anybody from that era or new era, somebody new or old. Yeah, he, he's in He's in the hospital, but he's not immune to old guy jokes. <laughs> That's oh, what I was man. like.
1: I, was, I, I didn't do it. I, I promise you, Uncle Max, it wasn't me. I had nothing to do with nothing. Oh, man. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Anyway, pick,
2: pick however you want. However you want to phrase it for yourself. You're just looking for your favorite Heisman Trophy winner, and that'll give us something to talk about next week,
0: Teddy. Cool. All right, coming right up. We got a round of pepper. You, I already told you what to do. Pepper coming right up after this.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper.
0: All right, you heard the woman's time for us to do what I call go home and get the hell up out of here. But first, we got a round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics, rapid-fire style, kind of, sort of, not really here to engage, enlighten, educate, and entertain. There was a fifth E, but I can't think about it right now. But with that being said, I'll go first, all right? On this day in history, back in 1970, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they got their first home victory, beating the Buffalo Braves 108 to 106. So, yeah the Cleveland Cavs got their first home victory. But also, I just saw something else that I can't let go as well, too. Also, on this day in history, back in 1973, the National League votes to move the San Diego Padres to Washington, D.C. And as we saw, that never happened. So, that's that. Over to you, Scotty D. Okay, so we had a little bit of hot
2: stove action beginning. Uh, Trey Turner, later the Dodgers, it will be 30 next June. Just signed a 300 million dollar contract for 11 years yeah. with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, paying him about 27.3 annually right now. At Ballpark 11 years and 300 million. They actually said they gave him more years than they was expecting, just be, to bring the annual salary down a little bit. Uh, p- pairing Trey Turner up with JT Realmuto and um. Uh, Bryce Harper, it shows that the Phillies are all in. They got a little taste of success in the World Series this last year, and they want to keep it going. In the meantime, the Mets lose Jacob DeGrom, but counter by signing Justin Verlander. Ooh. So the so the National League East is wheeling and dealing. The Mets are trying to not let Philly get ahead of them. And also, note, uh, the Pirates signed 36-year-old Carlos Santana, who hit 192 for the Mariners last year. In 79 games so That's what the Pirates are doing At free agency uh, Yeah <laughs> <laughs> The the Phillies Across the state Get Trey Turner for 300 million dollars The Buccas Get Carlos
1: Santana At age 36 Nice <laughs> Be live over to you <laughs> Oh man that's just classic Ah My first Pepper point, if you know anybody um, that is, um, so I'm going to phrase it better this way. If you are a North Carolina Tar Heel fan between the dates of November 25th and December 5th, 2022, you may be entitled to compensation. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: oh boy. <laughs> this has been a rough go for it the past 11 days. Um, losing to Clemson in the ACC Championship 39 to 10, losing in men's basketball to Iowa State 70 to 55 in Phil Knight Invitational Semifinal. Losing to Alabama, 103-101 in the Phil Night Invitational third place game. Losing to Indiana, 77-65 in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Losing to Virginia Tech, 80-72 in the first game of the ACC Conference play. God. But there is one caveat as it stands right now. You have North Carolina versus UCLA. In the women's soccer national championship, and North Carolina is winning two to one in the 80th minute against UCLA. This is happening right now as we speak, as we're recording. (laughs) They do not have (laughs) Thor, but North Carolina women's soccer might end this nasty losing streak of North Carolina Tar Heel athletics. With the national championship. We shall see. Eddie Cool. The ball.
0: The ball. And I'm gonna try not to bounce off my nose. All right. So in um uh, in, in most most of the country, uh college football, I mean I'm sorry, high school football is wrapping up their seasons with a lot of state championships. Uh, shout out to St. Edwards of Lakewood, who won their um second consecutive um high school uh division one Championship and the Glenville Tarblunders and their head coach is Ted Ginn Senior. Yeah, so he finally gets his first um high school, uh, state title. Um, meanwhile in Alabama, Auburn, Alabama gets get familiar with the name of Trent Seaborn. Right, Trent Seaborn is an eighth grade quarterback who won the MVP of the AHSAA Super Seven Class Seven A State Championship game. All right, after his Warriors, uh, the Thompson Warriors. Defeated Auburn 49 to 24 on Wednesday night. It's the fourth straight title for Thompson. All right. TransC born in number 14 years old, y'all.
1: Wow. <laughs> eight. Was that the, the eight? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. yeah.
0: 14 years old, he had a pretty good night, uh, 12 14 for 207 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. All right. So Seaborn, he took over late in the season for an injured Zach Sims, who received offers from Louisville and Pittsburgh earlier this year, according to 24-7 Sports. Seaborn finished this courtesy of the uh, Alabama Montgomery Advertiser. Seaborn finished with 1,181 yards, 14 touchdowns, on 71.4% passing this season. And in eighth grade, he already has offers for Maryland, Choi, Northern Colorado, and I'm pretty sure that's going to change. Um, Thompson uh, coach Mark Freeman said, I've been blessed with good quarterbacks. I met this guy in the third grade. We threw the ball together. I knew he was a special person then. Well, hell, the boy got to be special. He in eighth grade, the State (laughs) Championship. Ooh, boy. Think about it. So he in eighth grade now, so he got another four more years to do this, so. Yeah, shout out to Trent Seaborn doing some big things. Over to you, Scotty D. Okay, um, this past
2: Saturday night, Kevin Holland took on Wonder Boy Stephen Thompson in a UFC welterweight fight. That was one of the best of the year. These guys, if, if you guys just to refresh, Kevin Holland is a guy, uh, African American guy, who talks the whole time he fights. Not really trash talking, but buddy talking. This is you know? He's so him and Wonder Boy Thompson went into this fight with an unwritten agreement that neither guy would take the other down. And if they did, they would just stand back up and, and strike again, which has been widely criticized now by Michael Bisping saying this is mixed martial arts. This isn't just boxing and Kevin Holland, you cost yourself a a, a lot of uh, maybe some money and a chance at a future title shot because Kevin Holland actually broke his hand, cracked three knuckles early in that fight and was able to really defend himself. And it, He didn't come out for the fifth round. After four rounds, he had had enough of of taking Wonderboy Thompson strikes. Uh, You know, this is kind of like some of these other past fighters, guys like uh, Nate Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Kevin Holland's an entertaining fighter who is going to go over, as they say in the wrestling business, win or lose, and he's a favorite of the fans. So I'm not sure about that. But coming up this Saturday night, um, Jan Blahovich and um, Magomed Uncle I will be fighting for the light heavyweight championship. And guys, I told you guys earlier this year that I thought we had this Russian wave coming. I think this is going to be the first of the Russian fighters to start taking titles. Got Kazma Chmaev in the welterweight division. He's getting a championship next year. And um, Islam Makachev in the lightweight division, he'll get a championship next year, I believe. I think by the end of next year, all three Russian, these Russian fighters will be title holders. And I think it's going to start this weekend. The final UFC pay-per-view of the, of the year, Jan Blahovich and Uncle Ive taking place this Saturday night, UFC 282. Been a great year for UFC. A lot of upsets and crazy stuff. It's been a fun year. Be live, over
1: to you. All right. My second pepper point is a celebratory tone because the Contemporary Era Baseball, the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee has made a decision. And after many years of not making the ballot, all these talks about all these players and all this controversy and steroid era and all this blah, blah, blah. The Contemporary Veterans Committee voted one player to make it into the Hall of Fame unanimously. And it's been a long time coming. He deserves to be in there. The crying dog, Fred McGriff, is now a Hall of Famer, and deservedly so. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for some other people, you might have thought I was talking about somebody else, and I was not because Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens didn't even get four votes. You need 12 votes to make it in and they will not be considered until 2025. Fred McGriff, all he's done, he's hit 30 more homers in the season for five different franchises, including Toronto Blue Jays, San Diego Padres, and Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Rays, and Chicago Cubs. He was a key member of the 1995 Braves team that won it all. Yes, sir, homering twice in the fall classic against The Cleveland Indians, Guardians, no-name roller derby team. All right, Eddie, cool. (laughs) The ball. That's hilarious.
0: All right, my third and final pepper point, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Hey, it's the holiday season. Be nice to each other, all right, especially when it comes to conversations. Let's keep conversations cool. Let's keep it even. We just trying to get together. We're just trying to hang out and have fun. Let's not belittle nobody about what it looked like, about what it got going on, because you never know, a year from now, some people could not be here. So uh with that being said, just be nice to each other during this holiday season. It could go a long way. Over to you, Scotty D.
2: Yeah, be live.
1: <laughs> okay. <so> spe-
2: <laughs> speaking of guys not being nice, there's no update on the Antonio Brown situation. He wasn't nice last week and he threw his shoe at a woman and there's a domestic, uh, warrant issued for him, a domestic battery. And I guess they went to serve it at his house and he wouldn't come out of the house and they didn't go in after him. So as of right now, who knows what's going on with that? Antonio Brown, another guy that's just like self-destructing. He, he just won't go away. But get, guy, get some help. Antonio, get some help. It's the holidays. Be live.
1: My third and final pepper point, and I'm going to split it up into two because something just happened, and i got to announce it the best way I know how to do it. My third and final pepper point is very simple. The NBA is cracking down on traveling calls. Aha. Finally, after all this time, they're um, looking into the whole zero step, and home establishing the pivot foot, and there, there's been an uptick in traveling calls. And to the delight of us traditionalists, about freaking time. Let's just call it like it should be. <laughs> Learn the way it's supposed to be played. Steph. Yeah. Um,
2: pardon. Pardon,
0: yep. <laughs> Who comes back tonight, by the way.
1: And, but... I, I don't know if you fellas have heard this recently when it comes to the announcer's curse, when people will be talking about something that hasn't happened, and then it happens right after they talk about it. As I've been talking, UCLA just scored and is now tied two to two, and the game is going into Oh, overtime. Should
2: go right to penalty kick shootout, like I suggested. You're going to save all this time.
0: And swords.
1: God. And it gets swords. Oh, my God. North Carolina women's soccer find a way. They score. UCLA scored a goal with 15 seconds to go. They don't have a running clock. So there was 15 seconds left, and they scored off of a corner kick. Headed right into the net. It's going into overtime. Please, for the sake of all Tar Heel fans in the world, somehow, please win this game. <laughs>
2: you got to go
0: watch it. <laughs> oh,
1: <yeah. laughs> it's got to
0: be sir. <laughs> and then in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Take care of each other. Love each other. It's the holidays. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Be Live. Take us on.
1: Uncle Max, get better. Yes, sir. We missed y'all. We're back. And we'll see you
0: next week. Thanks for listening to the Sports Bros Podcast. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Do you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life? Wait a minute, don't answer that. The answer is yes. And I know you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life. Do us a small favor. Go to the description box, click our Linktree link, and you'll see all the links on how to follow the Sports Bros Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.